welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Paul Abel. Hallelujah. Now, if you could just keep those listening ears on for a little bit longer, that would be really helpful. I just want to talk you through something, and then all together we're going to do something that's going to lead into communion here. And I've asked some of our children to help today with giving out the communion. Um, specifically, I've asked some of the children because it reminds us that taking communion is something of humility and allowing others to serve us, even the youngest ones. So it's also reminding us that there's no child-sized Holy Spirit. I want to tell you a story, and it's something that, um, as I say, uh, it was part of one of the talks at August. By the way, if you were at August, or even if you weren't at August, both ways really, or if you were working as 45% of the congregation wasn't in the main meetings because there were other main meetings happening. Um, All the talks for August are online on our normal website, on our normal podcasts. Um, You can just listen to them. We're not selling them as a box set or anything. They're all there so you can catch up with everything that God said in the talks, which I'd encourage you to do so because it was uh, a significant time. Um, So this was part of one. And it leads into doing something together for those that feel they can do it and are physically able to as well. I'll just add that one. And it comes from the story, you know, I think everybody in this room probably knows, uh, one of the key verses that God gave us when we started this church was, it was noised that Jesus was in the house. And it's a word to us because that is something, the gossip, the talk is to happen that Jesus is in this house. That's so important to us. Not that we're great, not that the summit's great. Those things are fine, but we want the glory to go to Jesus. We want people's focus to be Jesus. And so we looked at August. Well, what happened after that? Because obviously that's really significant. In fact, we looked at what happened going up to that as well. Because if that's the word that God's given us, what's leading up to that and what happens after that is going to be key for us. So just one tiny story, and um, listen your absolute best. I'm not doing it with lots of props and jumping around and stuff. So just pretend you're in assembly but awake. (laughs) Uh, What happened afterwards was, or what happened during this time of the house being absolutely packed out, because they all turned up to listen to Jesus, was a story that most people know really, really well. And it is the one where four friends take their friend to meet Jesus. The problems that they had were it was packed and they couldn't get near him. And a bigger problem was that the friend the four friends were taking was paralyzed. He couldn't walk. And uh, so they were carrying him on a stretcher type thing, a bed or a mat as it's called. And uh, they thought, well, how are we going to get this guy to Jesus? They came up with a really novel idea of getting to Jesus, and that was let's create a hole in the roof, whereabouts Jesus is approximately, and we'll lower him through to the feet of Jesus. Please don't try this at home, especially children. I don't want you, your parents coming to see me and saying, Georgie knocked a hole in our roof so that... No, do not. But actually, God is going to show us all kinds of ways to bring people to the feet of Jesus. We must get out of just doing things the same old way. 
I don't mean we've got to stop doing things that we've already been doing, but there's going to be innovative, creative things that God gives us, especially amongst those who are innovative and creative, who are often the ones that don't like to share the ideas because they're a bit weird. Share them. There'll be lots of ideas that we have and things that we think about that we won't actually do because they're just ideas. But you want to have the culture of lots of ideas so you can hear, actually, this one's God. Yeah. You know, because people sometimes have got great things, but they don't want to say it in case it's not God. It's fine. We'll test that together. Yeah. Because if you have this culture of, oh, I can't say it unless it's God, often people don't say anything. So anyway, that's, that's an aside. That includes all of us, though. So they lower him through the roof at the feet of Jesus because he's paralyzed and they want to see him healed. They've heard all these stories about Jesus healing people. And Jesus does something really, really weird at that point. There's this man lying on a mat at his feet with bits of plaster and roof falling in his hair. And he looks at the man and says, my son, which is just a nice way to talk to him, your sins are forgiven. He wants to walk. It's nice to know your sins are forgiven, but they didn't. his friends on the roof are thinking, we didn't dig this hole and cause all this trouble just so he could be forgiven. We've heard that you heal people. Well, there's some religious people there, and then they get all cross because they say, well, only God can heal, forgive sins. He shouldn't be doing this. And I'm really rushing through this story. You should really spend some more time on it. Or listen to the talk from camp, which was long ago. But what Jesus says is, because he knows exactly what's going on in these legalistic people's minds. They're worried about little rules rather than people being free and healed. And uh, he says to them, why are you thinking such things? What is easier to say to this man? This paralyzed man, all your sins are forgiven, or would you say, stand, pick up your mat, and walk? However, I'll prove to you that the Son of Man does have the authority to forgive sins. In other words, he's saying, I'll prove to you I am God. That's what he said in that statement. Jesus then addressed the paralyzed man, I tell you, stand, pick up your mat, and go home. I've never really understood why Jesus told him to go home and not stay in the meeting. That's always been like, why didn't he want him to stay? But anyway, and go home. We'll talk about that, though. The man immediately stood, picked up his mat, and walked out of the meeting before their eyes. Everyone was amazed and praised God, saying, never have we seen anything like this. If they're going to noise about Jesus being in this house, they're going to be saying, Never have we seen anything like this. So how do we get from noise to people just talking about what God is doing? And that's what we're going to do this morning. Now, the problem with us as Christians often, and I'm addressing those that know and love Jesus in the room right now, is that we can be paralyzed. Now, paralyzed in this story is a man who's literally, physically paralyzed. But there's also paralyzed from doing stuff because you're too frightened to do it. 
Or you can be paralyzed because you feel you're not good enough. Or because you're ashamed. And we did some of this at camp, and you may have responded then. But we're always on this journey with God. So don't think, oh, I'm going back on that. There's always a journey. There was an article I was reading about Pastor Colin Urquhart, who's 79, uh, in a magazine. And at the very last line they put in this uh, article was, Pastor Colin say, saying at 79, well, I'm on a journey, and I'm excited to see what's next. We're always on a journey. It's always about what's next. But these people that are coming, we want to be as in love with Jesus as we can possibly be. We don't want shame and fear holding us back, but nor do we want sickness or anything, really, to hold us back from God's love. So let's just think about the man for about four more minutes. Jesus has said you're forgiven. He's dealing with the paralysis of all those things he's ever done that makes him feel not worthy. He's dealing with the paralysis of all the things in his mind that says he's not good enough. He's dealing with the paralysis that says he's ashamed or afraid. I mean, he was probably a little bit afraid about being lowered to the feet of Jesus through a hole in the roof. He didn't really know. I mean, maybe Jesus would just get really angry. What on earth do you think you're doing? They didn't know the end of the story like what we do. But also, Jesus says these things. Stand. Pick up your mat and go. Go home. And when he's explaining it, he actually says, and walk. So stand, pick up your mat and walk. And this morning... What I'm going to suggest we do, and I know some of you getting up and off the floor is difficult, is that in a a moment, we're going to give the opportunity, that's why I got rid of all the chairs over that side, is we're going to try and find a bit of space from the youngest person in the room, and parents do this with your children, and just lie on the floor. Some of you are starting school, going into junior school, going into high school next week, and maybe there's just a little bit of, oh, what's going to happen? You can deal with that this morning. You can let God deal with that. Because you're going to lie on the floor and let God, let all those things, the fears, the shames, the sickness, just soak away from you into the floor. So that when we say stand... You're going to leave all that behind, anything that's been bothering you. But also, if there's sin and sickness, we had that wonderful testimony of the eyes healed at camp through doing this. And what about pick up your mat? He could have just walked off. He could have danced around the room, I guess, and just left the mat there. But that wasn't what Jesus told him to do. Pick up the mat doesn't mean doing just what you want to do. It's saying pick up your responsibility in God. Let's grow up. Let's be mature in what God has taught us. Not just let somebody else clear up the mess. We pick it up ourselves. So it's taking on responsibility 
and it's a desire in our hearts to say, yeah, I'm going to do what Jesus wants me to do. And then he says, and walk. Because once you, once you leave the rubbish behind, we can walk in God and we can go home, as it says there. Now, our home is heaven. And so we're going to finish this this morning by going home, by celebrating and remembering Jesus through the bread and the wine. So after we've done this, there'll also be the opportunity to come and take the bread and the wine to finish everything. It's not you making your mind up, it's that Jesus has done it. It's, it's a faith step, not a pulling your socks up, I'm going to do better step. It's a faith step. And maybe you've got friends or family who are not well at the moment. Well, this is the opportunity to let that go. Now, I know we've got small children present, but otherwise, let's try and be in a quiet place. Can we, ha um, did Alex prepare who was going to, is it Elka? Elka's just going to give us some music to allow us to encounter God. And if you're able to, and if you want to respond in this way this morning and leave everything behind in this way, you can do it from a chair if, uh, you're, if you find it physically difficult or any other reason. But I encourage people now just to try and find a space where you could lie on your back, on the floor, at the feet of Jesus. It's a bit weird, it's a bit odd, but so was coming through the roof. And we've got to be prepared to be a bit weird and a bit odd. listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.